Merry Christmas, happy Boxing Day, depending on when you are watching this. My name is Brandon, I'm the youth director here, and today is also National Youth Guy Gets to Preach Day. Uh, all across maybe the world, I don't know, uh, at least in North America, uh, the day, the sermon after Christmas uh, is usually the chance they give for the youth guy to preach. And so whoever the youngest is maybe on the team uh, gets to fill the pulpit and I'm honored as always to be able to, to share God's word with you. And so we hope that you have had a Merry Christmas. Um, and the idea behind this sermon this Sunday or today is how to make 2022 awesome. That was what came up on my desk, on my calendar. And that was what uh, was asked of me to preach. And so this idea of as we're entering into this 2022 year, what are some things that we want to be thinking about and how can we make it awesome? And when I was thinking about that, I was like, well, I don't know what awesome necessarily means. I don't know what awesome looks like for you. Maybe it means being more successful. Maybe it means finding love and joy and peace um, this year. And so I was just kind of thinking about, well, how do we make, how do we find moments of awe with God? And maybe I can look back over this past year and, and kind of go through some my personal readings and thoughts and, and quotes that I've kind of been writing down and, and what has really stuck out to me. Where were moments where I was just standing in God's presence in awe of who he was? And, and how can I use that to, to really uh, benefit our church? What are areas that, can, that our church really needs to hear? And so before I can maybe look forward, maybe it's a season for me or a time for me to look back. Especially these past few months, I've been able to look back. And, and as, as, our, as these past few months have started to resemble life before COVID, before we were in lockdown, I found myself falling into a similar pattern that I had. 20 months ago, I was able to do a lot of things that I really enjoyed. I was able to play some sports again. I was able to see friends and family go out to dinner with people. I was able to, to see my Nana, who I haven't seen in a really long time. And, and one of the really funny things with her, she's getting older in, in her age. And she always forgets that I work in ministry and that I actually get to preach like this. And it just brings her so much joy every time I get to tell her, Nana, I preach. I preach on Sundays, I work at a church, and, and so it's always cute to get to do that. And I get to see her now again after so long of not being able to, to visit her, her and another family. And it's been great to see people in, in church. It's been great to see people in person and, and give them a, a handshake or a fist bump or a high five, however, whatever is appropriate. It's been really, really great to even sing in our sanctuary. After so much time of not being able to gather in person as the body, we've been able to gather and worship together and gather as the corporate body. But with all these things start to, happening, start to happen again and all these activities were added back onto my plate and my calendar started to fill up, I noticed something. I began to feel something that I hadn't felt in a really long time began to feel more tired and stressed out, more than I had ever really been. See, with more things to do, with more responsibility and options out there, I start to feel more tired. I could start to feel, um, at the, especially at the end of the day or at the end of the week, I was just drained. I was drained and, and it was something that I hadn't 
wasn't used to. I wasn't, I hadn't felt this in a long time. And maybe something had changed. Maybe I'm getting old. Maybe this is what it's like to be in your late twenties. Maybe not, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. But um, I was, I was starting to ask people around me and they too were kind of feeling this thing where they were also more tired than they had ever been. And they were experiencing the same thing. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're feeling tired and you're burnt out, especially in this Christmas season where there's so many things we have to be doing, right? There's so many Christmas parties. There's people that we're trying to catch up with. There's family to see. It's the year end. So maybe you're trying to close a couple of your accounts or get ready for the next quarter. There's so many things to do. And maybe burnout is a word that you're starting to think about. And maybe that's a reality for you this winter, this Christmas season. And when I look at, but when I look at the people around me, they're generally excited about, about how our lives are starting to resemble what we had so long ago. But don't get me wrong, I'm also very mindful of that we're not completely out of the woods yet. But when people start looking and at, at this next year, they, there's a little bit of anticipation for what could be. However, at the same time, when we look at those same calendars, we start to see just how many things are coming up all the things that we have on our docket and it stresses us out. I know it stresses me out just even thinking about months from now, all the big things that we have on our list, good things, things that I'm also equally excited for, but also things that I know are going to bring me a lot of stress and a lot of make me feel tired and exhausted. And so as I was thinking forward and I'm thinking back as well, I look back over this pandemic season and, and I'm, I'm trying try not to, blame things on God. I don't, I don't put things on God saying, this is God doing this exactly specifically. And so I'm not saying that God brought this pandemic upon us, to maybe teach us a lesson or, or to punish us. There, there is something that I realized though, as we were stuck in our homes for the past 20 months. And it's that we are so used to noise. We're so used to the busyness of our lives that when we were forced to do nothing, when the world came to a halt and we were asked to stay home, it was uncomfortable, right? And this, is, this might not be news to you. This might be something you've already heard, but it was weird for us not to do anything. We're so used to always being on the go that it was weird that we were just to sit at home, to work from home. Some, many of us have never done that before. Maybe unfortunately you were not able to work from home and you were just sitting at home with nothing, with no responsibilities. And we felt this thing that we maybe had not felt in a really long time. And this idea of boredom, like we were actually bored. There was nothing to do. And we would try and fill things up on our calendar. We would try and, and add more things for us to do. Maybe you uh, baked bread. I know, I can't tell you how many female millennials I know started baking bread, like having sourdough starter, apparently that's a thing. I didn't know these things until the pandemic, but so many people were trying to add things and learn new things, which were great. Uh, maybe some of you will admit to how many hours you've spent a day watching Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever. In, an, in a day and age where it's so easy to fill that boredom, this became a challenge where we had 24 hours a day of trying to fill our, our, our lives with something to do. And most of the time we could find a way to entertain ourselves, but a lot of times 
there were moments where we struggled to do that and we just sat around being bored. There was nothing to do. Now, some of you may admit this, but it was actually might've been kind of nice. I know for myself, I found a lot more time to do things that were life giving. I was able to spend more time with family. I was able to exercise more. I was able to read. I can't tell you how many more books I started reading in this time. I found moments where I could uh, fill up my time with things that were life giving and not just sitting in front of a TV or, or wasting money and time. And now some of those moments might not have been the best thing for you all the time. But the, the important thing is that we weren't, we weren't a slave. We, we weren't slaves to the grind of life. Where normally before all of this, we were so focused on hustling and doing more and, and working harder. And we were, again, slaves to this grind of life. We were forced to slow down. And for part of it, it was actually pretty nice. And so whether it was God directly trying to teach us something and show us that we needed to slow down, I realized just how important it is to slow down. I realized just how important it is for us to have seasons, both of work, where we put our, our mind to everything and put a lot of effort into what we're doing, but also how important it is for us to rest, how important for, it is for us to slow down down and then not just always be going at a hundred miles an hour. And I realize that because if we don't, it takes a toll on two things. It takes a toll on two things. It takes a toll on a lot of things, but it takes a toll on two really important things that I realized in my life. The first thing that I realized is it takes a toll on our spiritual lives. It's easy for us to realize just always working and it's spending time hustling and, and hurrying up over to the next thing that it can take a toll on our bodies. Maybe you start, you know, eating more fast food and then you don't have a lot of time to exercise because there's always something to do. That's easy. We know that we can see just the toll it takes on our bodies, but the more important thing and something that we might not realize is that when we are so focused on doing all these things and filling up our schedule with things to do, that it actually takes a toll on our spiritual lives. It hurts our relationship with God. Dallas Willard, one of my favorite authors, he says this, hurry is the great enemy of our spiritual, of spiritual life in our day. That hurry, this constant feel, this fast pace of life where we feel like we need to be in three, four, five different places at once. That is the great enemy of our spiritual life, that it hurts our relationship with God. So, and, and you can, you can see this, especially myself, when my schedule starts to fill up, the first thing that goes is my time with God. I pray less. I read my Bible less. I genuinely just spend less time with God. And, and, and kind of as my pace increases, my space with God decreases. I spend less time with God in my spiritual life and my connection to God and, and just feeling his presence starts. I, I don't feel his presence as much. And I think that's common with most of us that we start to neglect God when things start getting added up into our lives or things start to add up in our lives. Maybe this is a scenario that you've, you've come across. You go, go out with your friends or maybe you host something on a Saturday night and it's a late night and it becomes, and you get really tired, so tired that you actually miss out on Sunday morning church. 
And this is not a guilt trip. I'm not trying to say, oh, you should be in bed by nine o'clock every Saturday night so you make sure you get to church. That's not what I'm trying to say. But it's even when, when you're doing good things like hanging out with your friends and family on a Saturday night, you start to see how all these things can take away from your relationship with God and it can really hurt our spiritual lives. And talking about relationships, that actually the second thing that it takes a toll on is our relationships with others, with our friends and family, the people that we truly love. Think about the times in your life when you're most frustrated with people. Think about the times when you're so impatient with them. It's usually when you're in a rush, right? It's usually when you have to get out the door, right? You, you have something you have to get to and your family or whoever you're around is you're trying to get out the door, but that one person is just taking way too long. All right, you're just taking too long to get dressed and then you get into a yelling match that kind of just ruins the whole day, right? You're going on to some, you're about to go do something. You're so excited. You're maybe you're about to go watch a movie. You're going to go to church, but that person took too long and now you just start yelling. See, it's in moments like that when you're hustling and you're hurrying and you're so worried about getting to the next thing that you have very little patience, that your margin for love and joy becomes even, even smaller in those moments when you're always trying to get to the next thing. And, it, and I'll just say that it usually isn't in the hustle and the hurry of life that you find your favorite moments with these people. That the moments where you laugh and you have great times with, again, friends and family, they don't usually happen when you're always on the move, right? You don't have great conversations when you're always thinking about what's next. You don't get to sit and listen to someone when you're always worrying, worried about what you have to get done. And I was convicted of this personally. I'm blessed to have some really great friends in my life who will call me out when life, when my life is getting too busy. And they'll, and they'll literally sit me down and be like, Brandon, we have no idea what's going on in your life. And you have no idea what's going on in our life. And I realized that when I was doing all these good things and, and working in ministry, there's always something good to be done. And there's always something that's calling for my attention. Those things although good, are hurting my relationships with the people that I love. And so the temptation as we get into 2022, and, and again, I don't know what 2022 is going to look like for us. I think that's one thing that I've realized is uh, we can't necessarily plan for the future or expect certain things for our future. But the temptation is always is, is, is going to be for us to be get back on the hustle into the grind and always be moving forward and wanting to go, go, go without reflecting on our pace of life. That's the temptation is for us to get back into the hustle and into the grind and to add more things to our calendar and do more things. That's going to be the temptation for us. And, and, and that's where I want to, to share. It was what I want to share with us this day, today is to resist that temptation of always having to be in, in, in this hustle mode, into this life of hurry where our pace is just so fast and where we feel like we need to be in so many places at once. But how, what do we do? How do we do that? How do we resist that? Because we know we can't keep that up. We know that we don't want to fall into burnout. So how do we exactly do that? How do we slow down in a life that is so busy that is that so many things are drawing our attention so many things are so important and, and even as you're as I'm saying this you're like Brandon I can't my life is so busy I have kids who depend on me I have a job that is so demanding that is constantly at 
my beck and call. I have to take care of someone who is sick. What do I do? Because you can tell me to slow down, but how do we actually do that? What does that actually look like? And so let's turn to God. Let's turn to what God has to say. And, and I, as I was reflecting, I was reading these verses in Luke. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38 and 42. And one of the things with online is that I don't give you a chance to actually flip to those passages. And so right now in this moment, I would encourage you to open up your Bible if you have it on your phone or iPad or whatever, Luke chapter 10, 38 to 42. It's only a few verses. And we're looking at two ladies, two characters, and we just came out of a a series of women of Advent. And we're looking at two women again, Mary and Martha, and and how they respond to Jesus coming to visit their homes. It's maybe a, a story you've heard before and you read, I know I have many times. I've heard many sermons on it. Luke chapter 10, 38 to 42 says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. Verse 40, but Martha Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Love that. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. And so again, we have a tale of two sisters. We have two sisters here, Mary and Martha, both who have Jesus come enter into their home, but the way they respond And the way they interact with Jesus looks very different. See, many of us fall into the Martha category, right? Martha, as soon as Jesus comes into her home, sees all the things that need to get done so that they can have a good time. Maybe that's creating or making some food or or cleaning up the space. And those are good things. But the problem with Martha is that she's forgetting exactly who is in her home that she's so consumed with doing these things for God that she forgets that she can actually spend time with God. And maybe for you, you're so consumed with living a life for God that you forget to live a life with God. I know when I heard that and when someone told me that, I was just like, wow. Especially for those of us who work in ministry or maybe you are, are... uh, a, a person who works in ministry or is volunteering here, we are so consumed with, we have to do these things for God that we almost forget of living our life with God. And, 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 that is, and that's the case with Martha. And maybe that's the case with you where you get so overwhelmed with all the things that you have to get done for God, good things that are so important for the church and, and for ministry that we actually forget to spend time with God and we don't realize as Martha does that there is literally the son of man sitting in her living room but instead she chooses to go and do something else and so we can get so consumed with these things things that don't really matter at the end of the day and really harm us because we're neglecting this relationship with God but the other person and the other sister in this story is Mary Mary as Jesus puts it chooses something better. She chooses what is 
better. And, and Jesus is thinking very highly of his company, but I guess you can do that when you are the son of God. Um, but Mary understands that Jesus is in her presence and she chooses to slow down. She chooses to sit and listen to her Messiah. And I'm sure she's aware of all the things that need to be done, but she prioritizes her time with Jesus. Something that will not be taken away, as the verses say. Because Mary knows something. And it's the same thing that, or it's a similar thing that I learned this past year. And and I was reading this quote um, from N.T. Wright. It's really shaped a lot of my thoughts and, and just how I schedule my time now. And it says this, It is only when we slow down our lives that we can catch up to God. I'll say it again. It is only when we slow down our lives that we can catch up to God. And Jesus is reminding us in this story, in in these verses, in, in what he's saying and how he responds to Martha, that we need to slow down to catch up. And I think that's so important for myself and for you this 2022 year is that we realize, yes, there are going to be all these amazing things that we get to do again, potentially. That there's people to see and there's things to do. That our calendars are going to start filling up. But what's so important, what Jesus wants us to remember is that we need to slow down if we want to keep this relationship with God at the forefront. Because because for us as Christians, that is the most important thing, is our relationship with God. That is the number one thing in our lives that we are called to do is to be in relationship with God. And if all these things that we start adding and all these things that we put on our plate and that we start looking towards start to take away from our time with God and sitting at his feet, then are we really choosing what is better? Or are we being like Martha who are doing good things, living life for God, but neglecting our life with God. And so what Jesus invites us into and and what the Christian life is calling us into in a world where the world is is so busy about being rushed and, and having to move on to the next thing and having this pace of life that is constantly go, 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 go. And we get caught up in the tyranny of the urgent, as I've heard it said. As we get caught up in that pace, Jesus introduces us and invites us into a new way of living. Even when we look at the life of Jesus, there were so many things for him to do. There were so many things that were drawing him or calling for his attention and things that concern him. It wasn't like he wasn't busy, but Jesus was never in a rush. When you look at the stories of Jesus and how he walked this earth, there were things that were always pulling for him and always calling him or wanting to turn and, and grab his attention and his, uh, and his presence. But he was never in a rush. Even when you look at the life or um, the story of, of Lazarus and, and he, un, people came to him and saying Lazarus was dying, he still didn't speed up. He didn't rush over and drop everything he had to move on to wherever Lazarus was at. And it actually says in John that Jesus was four days late. Or how about in Mark when uh, Jesus was literally sleeping in a storm. Like he was in a boat and sleeping through a storm. See, Jesus just had this demeanor about him 
where the way that he walked this earth, that even though there were things that were so pressing and so urgent, even a storm was going, he still was able to slow down. And we talk about discipleship here and, and, and being a disciple of Jesus. And the way we define it at Bayview is that we are reflecting the character and priorities of Jesus. And for us to be disciple, disciples of Jesus, we're also called to resist the world's constant push for us to be busy and constantly doing something. But like Jesus, we're called to slow down and to spend time with God. We slow down to catch up to God in the same way that Jesus would withdraw himself when there was a crowd and there's so many things that he could be doing, good things that he could be doing. He chose to slow down, to take a step aside and remember that the most important thing for him is to spend time with God, is to pray. And we'll talk more about that a little bit, but if Jesus prioritized it, I think we need to prioritize that as well. And so how do we do this? How do we slow down to catch up to God? Well, like I said, we can look at the life of Jesus and he did many things to slow himself down and he would often remove himself to pray. And there are many times in the gospels and accounts where Jesus would go and try and be by himself. He would pray and, and go and sit by a lake often. And in Christianity, we call that the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude. And no, as soon as I say that, some of you guys cringe and like, oh, we've talked about this before. So, uh, the spiritual discipline, I know it can maybe have a, not such a great reaction for this, but, and it might not be the most exciting thing, but I think that's the point. It's not supposed to always be this exciting thing because we've been so addicted, us as humans, especially now, nowadays with technology and entertainment, all these things that, at our fingertips, we're so used to being stimulated and always having something fun to do that when I tell you to do nothing and when God literally had us do nothing this pandemic, that it was uncomfortable. But can I remind you that it's okay to be uncomfortable? And as much as... Uh, the practice of silence and solitude where you can actually stop doing things and just sit and do nothing, where we can actually sit in God's presence as, as uncomfortable as that might sound and, and using the, the phrase silence and solitude as uncomfortable as that may sound is it, so important to our Christian walk. And so the first way that we can slow down is by actually removing ourselves from all the things that we need to be doing, removing ourselves for moments, we can start small. It can be literally five minutes a day. It might mean longer periods of time, whatever you may need, but we can start small. But the first thing we can do to, to help ourselves slow down is by practicing this silence and solitude. And, and it's so important to our Christian walk. Henry Nouwen, he says this, without solitude, it is virtually impossible to live a spiritual life. We do not take the spiritual life seriously if we do not set aside time to be with God and to listen to him. And, and many Christian authors say the very same thing where if we are not spending time with God and literally removing ourselves for intentional, intentional quiet time with God, as some of us may put it, intentional moments where we can just sit in God's presence and listen to him. If we are not doing that, that is hurting our spiritual life that we literally cannot do this Christian walk without that. 
And so that might look different for you as, as you think about how you can practice silence and solitude right now. Start small. That's the first thing is, is to start small. Like I said, it could be five minutes a day for you. For me, what I do is um, as, I'm, as I'm driving, um, I'll pick. If, if I'm going into work, if I'm coming into the church, I'll pick that either on the way in or on the way out or as, as I'm heading home, I'll turn off the radio, turn off the podcast, turn off Spotify, whatever I'm listening to. And I choose either on the way there or on the way back to just be quiet. To be quiet and to sit and listen. And obviously I'm driving, so I'm not fully in silence and solitude, but I'm still, and I'm still paying attention. But instead of adding more things and, and adding to the noise and, and busyness of life and more things to listen to and do and to think over, I just sit and listen. And it's only a 50 minute drive. It's not too bad. It can be uncomfortable. It, sometimes I forget and I don't want to do it, but it's so important. And those are some of the um, greatest moments of, of revelation sometimes come in that silence where I don't have someone talking to me through a podcast or I don't have some music playing and I can just sit and listen to the voice of God. And this is what Mary does. She chooses to sit in the presence of God. She chooses to sit and feed and she chooses what's better. And so for you, that might be choosing silence over Netflix. All right. Oftentimes when we're so busy and we're so, you know, stressed out, we choose to sit in front of the TV, right? The thing that we choose to run to after a really long day is to relax and to watch TV. But instead, what we could be choosing is something a little bit better. And when we're looking for this relaxation and, and being able to unwind, uh, first off, let me, let me share that. TV might not actually be that. I was looking at some studies, um, and it's still not for sure whether or not uh, TV is relaxing, but it does show that the visual cortex of your brain is so highly stimulated so that your brain's not actually shutting down. And so what you think might be relaxing for you might actually be tiring you out even more. Now, I'm not a scientist and I won't claim that is actually the case, but what actually does relax and what does, what does actually help you restore your mind and restore your brain and actually allow you to find some peace is sitting in silence with God. And so before you turn on that remote and, and you sit down and you want to watch Netflix, and that's fine, I do the same thing, maybe take a moment to quiet yourself. Maybe before turning on The Office or watching whatever new Netflix um, show is trendy that you have to watch, that you can uh, be in the office conversations when you get back to work. Maybe pause and take a deep breath and, and sit and listen to God and choose what is better. Another way that this may play out for you is Practicing saying no. And, and we could do a whole sermon series on this. We could do a whole bunch of things on practicing saying no. I have a book literally on practicing saying no. But practice saying no. Allow yourself to be able to say no to certain social events. Allow yourself to say no to certain meetings that you don't actually have to be at. And, and whatever no might look like for you, 
it might look different for someone else. But start understanding that it's okay for you to say no. It's okay for you not to be in five different places at once and to have a bunch of projects going on at the exact same time. That it's okay for you to say no and to release yourself from this need to always say yes. I know for some of you that is so hard. It's so hard because maybe it feels a little bit selfish, right? Maybe it feels like, well, if I say no, then, then it won't get done, especially in ministry, right? If I say no, if I don't go to this thing, if I don't step up, then it won't get done. But the really beautiful thing about the Christian walk is that God wants us to move into rhythms of both work, but also in rest. We, uh, we have huddles here at Bayview and, and Pastor Mike's done a really great job at working us through what the spiritual, how to, how, discipleship and how we can be encouraging each other in discipleship. And one of the par- paradigms that he walks us through is, is a pendulum and how the Christian life is not always just meant to be go, go, go and always in these moments of work, but that we actually swing between uh, rhythms of work and seasons and moments of life of work and we also swing back to moments of rest where God is actually calling us to be quiet, to be still, and to not be working. And one of the great things that, that Mike work, works us through there in, in, huddles is that, in huddles is that in those moments of rest, we get to see that God is still working. And so for you who thinks that you always need to say yes to everything, who can who feels like there's, it's almost selfish to say no to something. Remind yourself that it's not about you. It's not about how much you can do and how much you can bring to the table. God wants us to work. He wants us to do things for his kingdom, but he also wants to remind us that he is in control. And that when you say no out of a good heart, out of reminding yourself that you're choosing something better, that the work will still get done that God is still in control. And it actually is a good thing because it allows us to release control where we want to hold on to our lives and make sure that we are dictating everything that goes on in our life. We're actually practicing. We practice saying no and we practice saying, God, this is for you. You handle it. My burden I give to you. We actually practice giving or choosing something better and practice giving our lives to God and reminding ourselves that it's not about everything that I can do, but about who God is. And so it might feel a little bit selfish and maybe it is, but what we're doing here is we're choosing God. And what we're really choosing is our relationship and investing in our relationship with God. And so Christians, as we do this Christian walk and as we head into 2022, remind ourselves that the most important thing for us is our relationship with God. And like, like any relationship, whether you're married or you're dating or you have friends, you have kids, you have people in your life, it's like any relationship. If you don't spend time with them, your relationship's gonna hurt. You're gonna feel it. You're not gonna be able to hear what they have to say and they're not gonna be able to hear what you have to say. And so as we, as we, as we uh, think about our lives, as we enter into this year, remind ourselves that we need to slow down. We need to slow down to catch up to God, that it's one of the most, if not the most important things in our lives. And and we know it's hard, but on the other end, 
it can take a toll on us and we can feel things of of burnout and, and our relationships being hurt. John Mark Comer, I've, I've quoted him before, he's probably one of my favorite authors um, that I was able to read a lot through this past year. And he says this, hurry kills relationship. Love takes time. Hurry doesn't have it. And so if we're called to be people of love, if we're called to be people who truly love people and love God, we need to slow down because hurry kills those relationships. Hurry kills time. And if we don't have moments where we can just sit and love people and we're always so constantly consumed with what's the next thing, what do I have to get done? Then we don't love. We don't get to love well. And that's what this is all really about. And so church, as we um, end off this, this time together, as we end off 2021, let's remember to prioritize and to choose better, not just for our sake, but for the sake of others around us so that our friends and family can see how much we love and, and this peace that we may have now with God as we spend more time with him. And so let's pray. God, we confess this, this feeling that we need to always be in a rush, in a hurry, God, that we feel like we need to be doing all these things and we need to be in in five different places at once, God, we confess that over to you. And, and we know that's not how you designed our lives. That's not what you want for us, God. We confess that and give that up to you, God. Would you show us how to slow down? Would you show us ways that we can say no to maybe some good things and choose better things, God? God, would you convict us in those times of silence and solitude? Would you show us how we are to live how we are called to love those around us, God. And so my encouragement and, and God, what I, I pray over this church, God, is that you would remind us to slow down. God, would you give us moments of silence, moments where we can draw ourselves back, God? God, would you give us that time? In Jesus' name I pray, amen.